we are joined right now and we are pleased to have with us Rod Taylor. Rod Taylor is the national leader of the Christian Heritage Party of Canada. He lives with his wife Elaine in northern British Columbia. Rod's been a federal candidate nine times, including by-elections in various districts across the country. He served five years as deputy leader and was elected national leader in 2014. Provincially, he helped form the Christian Heritage Party BC and served as its interim leader from 2013 to 2020. He has been a provincial candidate in northern BC four times. Rod writes weekly commentary for the Christian Heritage Party and in 2018 authored a book entitled The Substance of Things Hoped For. He also hosts a weekly podcast, CHP Talks, on which I had the privilege of joining a number of weeks ago. Rod, now we've switched places. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Liberty Dispatch. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I really admire and appreciate what you fellows do. Uh, you do a great job. You have some great guests on there. And, and I think uh, your worldview comes through clearly uh, and articulately. So uh, thanks for doing what you do to bring that to uh, our fellow Canadians. Well, we have to be consistent, and so we have with us today another great guest, as it were, so we're not breaking <laughs> tradition at all. Absolutely. So, Rob, the first question that I have for you, and not just that I have for you, but that our audience has for you, and that I think is an important one that's worth discussing, tell us a little bit about the history of the Christian Heritage Party. How and why did it come about? Well, the Christian Heritage Party uh, was registered in uh, 1987. Uh, ran their first candidates in 1988, and it came about there were a, uh, a meeting of the minds with various people, mostly on the, I, I would say, on the pro-life, pro-family issues at that time. And, and it seems so long ago, things must have been perfect back then, but, but no, uh, actually, um, the people, both Catholics and Protestants, by the way, came together for this. Heather Stilwell was one of our uh, founders, and uh, in a around a uh, ping-pong table in the basement of Gerhard Herwig uh, in uh, Surrey, B.C., and and I've sat at that ping-pong table. I wasn't there at the founding, but people had worked within the big parties. At that time, the Liberals still had some pro-lifers, uh, and the Conservatives certainly had quite a few, uh, but they found they would help people get elected, you know, and these, thinking that these people were going to bring their uh, cause to Parliament, and then they would find out that political correctness, even back then, uh, partisan loyalty, uh, you know, partisan pressure, you know, would would uh, stifle those efforts. And so they they said, you know, we we have to have a party dedicated to these principles that isn't going to waffle and waver and uh, cave in to, you know, peer pressure and whatever. So so they ran the first candidates in 1988, and it's been going ever since. So. Although we have never elected anyone to Parliament yet, you know, we always believe that is still a possibility when people have had enough of the downhill slide in our country, the, the uh, loss of morality and integrity and the loss of, uh, you know, the supremacy of God, a recognition of the supremacy of God, which, of course, as you know, is in the preamble to the Charter of Rights and Freedom. So, so that's where we came from, and uh, my wife and I joined in those early years I was working in the sawmills at the time, 
And my wife went to a meeting. Uh, I think I was working night shift or whatever, and she came home and said, we got to get involved with this. This is uh, exactly what we believe, and, and these are the principles that, you know, we, we can make a difference uh, if we get involved with this party. Awesome. Well, what maybe you could share for us, uh, Rod, what some of the goals of CHP are politically? Because you've said you've been in the game for a long time. Uh, you haven't had anybody elected federally, but I know part of why you guys exist is to highlight a lot of these issues that are on your platform so you can bring them to the forefront of uh, the discussion in Canada. So maybe for our listeners, you can tell us um, a little bit about your political philosophy, why you're distinct from other parties, and why they should get your vote in in elections uh, because of that. Well, we... Part of in our constitution, it says that we will provide true Christian leadership in the nation. And of course, uh, you can lead even if uh, even if the majority aren't following. You can still provide that leadership uh, and perspective. When during a campaign, I would say from 1988 until now, and every time I've been in a campaign, you know, I run to to win. Now I have not won, but. Uh, it's not that we're just a name on the ballot. We actually want people to vote for us. And if people were, I think, not uh, pushed around by the winds of pragmatism, thinking, well, they they don't have a chance to win, so I'll vote for this other person because I don't want this third person to get in, etc. And that is one of our biggest challenges. Uh, the, you know, I would say our biggest challenge is getting people to know that we even exist because CBC and mainstream media don't cover us. That's one of the reasons I'm so grateful for you taking the time to uh, visit with us today. But but while we're on the platform, while we're on the campaign trail, we do have the opportunity to bring forward ideas and uh, to express our, our Christian worldview in a way that maybe you don't have outside of the uh, political process. You know, we've been in high schools, colleges. Uh, you know, I've had in our riding in northern BC, Skeena Bulkley Valley, we usually have, you know, seven or eight debate uh, settings in various towns and communities, uh, and another, maybe another six or seven in high schools and colleges. So we have a chance to present biblical truths to a secular audience that you don't get outside of the political process. You you can't go down to the high school and say, I'd like to come in and present a, uh, a pro-life point of view because they just won't let you in. But when when you're with the other candidates and you have a chance to put forward things, and we always get um, words of encouragement and appreciation out of those settings. You know, some students who, who share our worldview will come up, they'll kind of say, well, thanks for bringing that because I never hear that from, you know, in the classroom or from the news and uh, others who have not thought about these issues say you've given me something to think about so so that's kind of a it's it's a secondary uh, benefit of, of being involved in the political process but it's a very important one and uh, you know we we do find that we are kind of alone uh, in the political realm presenting some of these uh, points of view that aren't that um, you know they're not politically correct and they're not that publicly accepted so, Rod, what would be some of those distinctives that, that you guys are presenting that even conservative parties like 
the Conservative Party of Canada or um, even something as new as the PPC. We had the pleasure of talking to Max Bernier uh, not too long ago. Um, what kind of sets you off from them and, and why should Christians be looking to instead of voting, like you said, pragmatically, be looking to be people who are standing on principle and bringing those principles to bear in their vote uh, in, in federal uh, elections? Well, we our uh, theme the last several elections uh, since I've been leader is uh, life, family, freedom. Life, family, and freedom. So protection of innocent human life from conception till natural death. And I really, I, I enjoyed uh, listening to the interview with Max, by the way. I, I like Max. And I've met and spoken with him in the past. And I like the way he is moving <laughs> in his views on abortion. Uh, his, uh, yeah, uh, and you guys did a very respectful and um, I think a good job of conducting a, a, a conversation that allowed for him to express his point of view uh, and and still get yours across as well. But but he has said clearly that his party does not have a policy on abortion. Uh, as more of a libertarian, he uh, he allows that and will allow it, which certainly is a cut above. You know Justin Trudeau, who uh, you know is going hell bent the other way, and I mean that uh, literally. Um, and uh, of course, Pierre Polyev has you know said that he's pro-choice, and and although he talks about allowing uh, free votes on things, he's indicated he will not. No, no legislation re uh, regulating abortion will pass under his watch, and uh, if he becomes prime minister. And of course, Mr. Harper said the same thing when, when he was prime minister. And uh, politicians keep some of their promises, and sometimes we wish they would keep other ones. And but anyway, uh, so so we do have a policy. I'll, re I'll just read you uh, some of the wording from our policy book. We believe the human body is the property of God. No one but God has the authority to terminate human life, except in accordance with the express provisions of the Bible, uh, which would be talking about capital punishment. Uh, no person, institution, or government has the authority to take an innocent human life, nor shall they tolerate, encourage, or decree death by means such as induced abortion, euthanasia, assisted suicide, or suicide. And then uh, on a specific topic of abortion, the preborn child has the right to life, liberty, and security of the person from his or her biological beginnings. And that's one of the, I guess, the difference between where Max is at right now and where hopefully he arrives at the fu in the future, but uh, late-term abortion. I mean, certainly we would agree, uh, and and politically that may be the uh, place to start. But um, what on what day in the nine-month cycle? On what day does the child become you know a human being? Right, and uh, you go back nine months, less one day, less two days, less three days. You know, I don't see any logical place where that stops until you get down to conception, but. Um, so the rights of the preborn must be protected in Canada's laws uh, through amendment to our criminal code, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. So that's sort of one of the main things. Then in terms of uh, gender issues, I mean, those are probably the frontline issues today, along with freedom of speech. 
and for you know all the COVID things that have have uh, come along, and and we appreciate Max's stance on that, and and Brian Peckford's and going to the Supreme Court. It's uh, hopefully they get to the Supreme Court, get to present their case there, that they don't get derailed um, on the point of mootness. But uh, anyway, I do appreciate how the strong stance Max has taken in support of freedom. I don't like it, though, when he says we're the only party, you know, the People's Party is the only party standing for freedom, the only party standing against the carbon tax, the only party concerned about immigration, because we've been saying the same thing uh, right along. And uh, I've had that discussion with him, I think, once in a while. I'm assuming he forgets that the Christian Heritage Party is here. Uh, standing alongside with the same uh, same principles on those issues and, and the very important issues. Um, so, so I'm I'm glad you yeah. uh, I'm glad you brought up pragmatism, and I'm glad that you spoke of it in a disparaging way, right? That that, that, that pragmatism. So I, I I will take what you said and I'll I'll, I'll flesh it out. Pragmatism is a cancer that has killed both our political sphere and has devastated the church in Canada. Pragmatism for the sake of political expediency and for the sake of being advantageous and getting things done quickly and in a painless way has been a great evil that has corrupted every sphere of our our culture. Families that, that are run based entirely on pragmatism are our families that are ruined schools governments businesses if it's just about getting in the black at the end of the day it's it's and so politically pragmatism has devastated the political scene i had a conversation with a gentleman just a few days ago at a protest and he was asking me he watches the show he recognized me and he was asking me sincerely andrew who do i vote for how do i make sense of my vote in his mind he's thinking I can't vote for the party formerly known as the Conservative Party. And I agree because its current leader federally is not to be trusted any more than the great tyrant in red who currently sits atop the leadership of our country. Right. Now, that's my personal position. Not everyone agrees with me. That's fine. I'm right and they're wrong. But his question (laughs) was, who do I vote for? And the big question is, or the big issue is the splitting of the vote. It always comes up. And the splitting of the vote is used by everyone against everyone else because they're always thinking pragmatically and they're not thinking, as you just said, in terms of principle, a principled vote and a principled approach. And so I'll put my cards on the table as I've gotten to know you, as I've gotten to know guys like Ken Stofer, as I've gotten to and Matt and I, Matt and I have wrestled as well, even with the podcast, there's a point right. I think there's a point early on where we said, listen, we're going to be unapologetically, explicitly, not just Christian, but our certain flavor of very conservative, high view of scripture Christian, and the chips are going to fall where they fall. And if people won't support us, if people in the freedom movement are going to distance themselves from us because of our views on biblical foundation, so be it. We can't think about being pragmatic. We have to be principled. And so as I've gotten to know you and the party more, I've a, a part of my heart has warmed up to the Christian Heritage Party because pragmatically people would say it's a wasted vote. 
but we cannot live based on what's pragmatic alone. The individual must make a vote based on principle and conscience and ask ourselves the question, can we, merely, can we continue to support a system that because of the way we've approached it has led to what we have in the political world? And so I'm thankful for that principled approach. And so that's in my mind, that's what I'm thinking. So the question I want to ask you is how do you pitch or how do you approach this issue of the vote splitting and conscience and what's pragmatic? Why should people in general, but Christians in particular, why should they cast a vote for the Christian Heritage Party? And how would you respond to the, oh, but if we split the votes the liberals will win again speak because i'm sure i'm sure that's never come up i'm sure you've never had to address that question before yeah. so give our audience some 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 wisdom how should we understand that as people of principle not of people of pragmatics yeah well uh the uh, glib answer is yeah of course don't split the vote vote for us don't vote for those other guys right but that's uh that falls a little bit short of allowing people to understand where we where we are compromise on moral issues leads to more compromise um we've just been watching this ken burns pardon me yeah we've been watching the ken, ken burns series on the holocaust and and how the german society fell uh you know or by by degrees uh, descended into, you know, a moral uh, sewer, right? And uh, and the people, I think, early on when they could have made a, a difference, they, you know, they didn't think it was going to be that bad. There, you know, there were economic issues, and that's a lot of what happens in Canada. Like Pierre Polyev's speech, I'm, I gave him ninety-seven percent. That was a, a great speech on all the economic issues. It just ignored the, you know, the three percent they left out. Uh, is actually uh, much more than 3% when it comes to the importance of it. You know, uh, protection of innocent human life, strengthening traditional family and marriage and, uh, and uh, you know, parental rights and those things, and the supremacy of God. We think, you know, even many people in the freedom movement, and, and I work in the freedom movement uh, here in Smithers in the beautiful Bulkley Valley in northern B.C., and have a lot of good friends, a lot of new friends who n aren't necessarily Christians, but we are mingling and working together for a common cause. But I am of the conviction that without Jesus, without a, a focus on godly, uh, our godly heritage, our Christian heritage, um, that these things will fall short. That without him, we can do nothing. With him, all things are possible. And of course, we believe in miracles. So uh, that people could actually vote for, for a Christian Heritage Party candidate. And eventually, in God's timing, one of us could uh, go, and maybe more than one, and represent our uh, citizens of our, our constituents in our area. Um, but in terms of the vote splitting, I know that many more people than vote for us. Many more people would like what we stand for. Uh, and I've had people come up to me. I would like, I, I wanted to vote for you, but I voted for the other guy because I didn't want so-and-so uh, to get in. Well, so-and-so got in anyway in our riding. <laughs> and uh, if if these people that wanted to vote for life, family, and freedom and, and biblical principles, if they had voted for us, the uh, returns at the end of the day, whether we had won the riding or not, but 
the polls would have looked drastically different than they did look. And people would say, oh, there's not just a couple of percentage of people that care about these things. There's there's quite a swath of society that actually cares about protection of innocent human life, you know, traditional marriage values, uh, protection of children in, in schools from uh, radical LGBT uh, ideology and so on. So, um, Ron Gray, our former leader of ours, a uh, wonderful man, uh, he says, if you want a society where you don't split the vote, then move to North Korea or Cuba where you only have one choice. Uh, and that's, you know, another another way of looking at it. I have a friend here who cynically tells people, oh, if you want to vote, uh, you want your vote to count, well, just vote for the NDP. They, you know, they got in the last seven elections in this riding. Just vote for them if you want to vote for a winner. But if you want to vote for principles, vote for the Christian Heritage Party. And uh, I don't know what else it can say, but until people start voting for what they want, we won't actually know what Canadians want. Uh, I know there's a big momentum now for Pierre Polyev, uh, and I'm sure that there are some people will flock to that side of the boat. Rather, even I'm, I'm sure some people not if will... I have anything to do with it, Rod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and 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 if I might add to that, in Ontario, our so-called conservative government was the worst provincial government in the last two and a half years, in yeah. terms of spending, in terms of mandates, in terms of being socialistic. So well, what I you tell saw, people, you saw that across right. the board, uh, like Manitoba, Alberta. same Alberta, the same. Right. Like, like Jason Kenney was supposed to be the conservative superhero in Alberta, <laughs> and he turned out to be an absolute disaster, and he continues to be an absolute disaster even after he's left office. Like so, the, the, that's the that's the sad reality of where we are um, in Canada and how far we've drifted, even in so called. S- conservative circles to um to the left side of the aisle and that's because we do not as we've talked about so many times on the on on the program canadian conservatism is not principled it's pragmatic <laughs> and we're, we just tend to be a little bit have a little bit better understanding of finances and economics and that's apparently the only thing that sets us off from other parties but, not, but that's what we saw in the last two and a <laughs> well, half years that's our true. conservative well, our conservative provincial government was was worse so people will say how could they've been worse the liberals would have been worse by how much ontario yeah. was awful in terms of its spending and what that yeah. does the end result is if you say well, if I don't vote for the blue guys and the red guys come in, it'll be terrible. In mm-hmm. Ontario, Doug Ford and the Conservative Party gains eight seats. And what they see is not only do people like what we did the last two years, but they mm-hmm. support it even more. So they see justification for that kind of socialistic, soft totalitarianism. And that's what pragmatics gets you. It gets you a... Mm-hmm. It gets you leaders that feel justified in their tyranny because they're emboldened to be even worse because they got even more votes because people believe the lie. Oh, if the red guys come in, it's bad. And this is the compromise. Like you said, Rod, compromise leads to compromise. Compromise becomes a toxin. It is a cancer that works through the system and it just kills it. And that's what we have now in Ontario. We have a political landscape where the the leading party with a super duper majority feels more emboldened than ever to be just like they've been 
because in their mind, they gained eight seats. And they expelled three people from the party, too. So they gained extra seats as well. And Christians need to wake up and say, listen, they're, they're just as bad as the liberals. In yeah, some I, ways, I was, they're even worse than the liberals. Yeah. I was certainly disappointed in the results there in Ontario. We we were in there during the campaign. My wife and I drove across the country because we weren't allowed to fly as a vac status at that time. Uh, and uh, we were at the March for Life in Ottawa and so on. But we were at uh, with Derek Sloan on a couple of occasions. And uh, I mean, there were two pro-life parties there that people could have voted for. But instead, they voted, you know, uh, unbelievably to return the tyrants to office, and I, I was quite disappointed. Even though we've seen, you know, we have lots of reasons to be cynical over the years in in politics, but, but I, I'm surprised people just don't get it. Uh, or it's up until now, people have uh, gone with the what they think is the lesser of two evils. And as someone said, if you keep getting the lesser of two evils, one day all you will have left is evil. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's a, literally a choice between the old Hegelians and the young Hegelians. Like <laughs> even if we think it, we, we, if we, if we think of even like the French revolution, which we get our right left distinction from both of those parties were revolutionary parties. One just said, we want the revolution. Now the other said, no, we have to, you know, incrementally have the revolution take place. What we want to be is those who say, no to revolution, you know, like Kuiper, right? A Kuiper's party was literally called the anti-revolutionary party in in um, in the Netherlands, and it was against that type of leftist revolution. And I think that's what we have to understand as Canadians, and we have to take a, a strong look in the mirror and say we've been responsible for this leftward drift in our society. We've been yeah. responsible because we played these silly political games. We've been responsible for a country that does not stand on principle, but is thoroughly pragmatic. And I can't help but think that as Christians, we ought, we ought to shrink back from pragmatism more than anyone because we know God's sovereign over all things, that we are to be faithful to put our hands to the plow faithfully, to sow and reap in faith, and let the outcomes be what God has them. So when we're trying to look down the corridors of time to determine what those outcomes are going to be and compromising on our principles, what we're not we're not acting as we ought. We're trying to play God, trying to manage the outcomes when he doesn't call us to do that. He says, those are in my hands. You have to act faithfully. And if we had Christians across our nation who did that, things would be different in our nation. Because the, the fact of the matter is we don't need the CHP. We don't need Rod Taylor to be the prime minister. We need people within parliament holding to account these other parties. And so that means if we win one riding, if we, you know, we don't have to win it all at the same time. Um, yeah. And that's where I think we get bogged down and we're just reactionary. We get, we, we don't have a long-term vision of Canadian politics and the future of change. Cause we're just like, Oh, reflexively in this moment, I have to vote for this party or I get this guy. I don't like, but yeah. that hasn't worked. It hasn't helped. 
we need to change our philosophy as Christians when it comes to the voting booth. And, and Rod, that's that's why I'm thankful that you've been able to come on the program, that you've been able to share some of the vision and the mission of the Christian Heritage Party with us. If people want to know more about you guys, if they want to read the platform, if they want to read where you guys stand on, on various issues, where can they find more of your stuff? Where can they listen to your podcast? Let people know where they can get you so that you can help them think through these important issues. Wonderful. Well, the easiest place to find us, it's chp.ca, chp.ca. And on that front page, there are links to, you know, probably our most recent podcast. They can uh, get subscribed to CHP Talks, which is we've had some really uh, great guests on, including Andrew uh, was one of our guests here at at one point. And, uh, you know, here's, here's another way of looking at some of these issues we've been talking about. Um, we've been around for 35 years, and we're still here. You know, the the Progressive Conservative Party came and went. They got down to two seats, if anyone that's old enough to remember that. Um, the Reform Party came and went. They made a, a wonderful, uh, they had a wonderful impact, but they were f- focused, again, on a pragmatic view of things, and uh, even on the moral issues. And, and I appreciate Preston Manning and visit with him, but... But, uh, you know, they they have focused on, they were going to do everything by referendum. So if the people said, oh, abortion's okay or, or gay marriage is okay, they would go with that. No, but we, we believe these principles laid out, uh, biblical principles, our nation is based on them, at least the charter says it is, the supremacy of God and the rule of law. Um, so these are, are things that are worth fighting. But we're still here anyway. What I'm saying is after 35 years, we're still here. And... Uh, you know, Christians should realize that uh, God can do miracles, and one of those miracles would be electing one or more of our members to, to office. And I think, as you mentioned, uh, Matt, um, even one member in in uh, in Parliament could make a difference. William Wilberforce was pretty well a lone voice when he began his uh, epic struggle to end slavery in the United Kingdom, and uh, he he succeeded he you know on his deathbed he could he could rejoice in the fact that slavery was ended and i think many of us are pouring out uh, our lives to that end not not simply on abortion but on restoring a biblical uh, worldview to this nation so that we can again become the great nation uh, or achieve the destiny that god has for us as a nation so chp.ca and check it out there. Uh, of course, they can contact me through that. They can sign up for our weekly communicate. It comes out every Tuesday. Uh, obviously, we'd like to have them become members, but if they just want to uh, become uh, subscribers for uh, no cost, that would be another thing they could do to at least follow the the uh, our commentary on things like freedom and and uh, vax passports and all the things we we are uh, in carrying some of the same uh, burden of of uh, struggle as Max Bernier and his party on uh, some of those important issues. And we just hope that Canadians will choose to uh, choose a destiny that is better for them, their children, and, and not just slide into the kind of moral... Uh, swamp that that uh, our current prime minister has been leading us into. So I, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be with you here today. Keep up your good work, and uh, we'll keep listening to 
to Liberty Dispatch because uh, I, I always learn something every time I listen. Yeah, Rod, thanks so much for joining us. Make sure also when you do listen to the Liberty Dispatch that you have a warm, delicious cup of resistance coffee in your hand while you do it. <laughs> and if you need more information about that, you can go to resistancecoffee.com slash LCC to get a delicious bag of liberal tears or defund the CBC. So get on that, Rod, and viewers as well. Thanks awesome. again for uh, for being with us today. It was great to have you. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much. God bless you and talk to you again. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch, a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.libertycoalitioncanada.com.